This is Pandemic Buzz, a place where resilience practitioners gather to listen to insights from crisis management, business continuity, and crisis communications professionals. I'm your host, Devin Sermenis, a managing director at Widow Bryant's, a firm solely dedicated to supporting clients to prepare, respond, and recover from devastating events. Throughout this series, you'll hear from subject matter experts from a variety of industries and geographies. The intent is to share insights and best practices that you can adopt during these unusual times, or at the very minimum, some human elements that will further connect us as we adapt to new routines both at work and at home. Hey, Chris. How are you this morning? Hey there, Devin. Doing pretty good, thank you. Speaking to you from uh, from sunny Brooklyn in New York. Nice. Yeah, I think the last time we actually uh, were in person together was in Brazil for our shared oil and gas client. Yes, indeed it was in Rio, as I recall, which seems like a, a long and distant memory at the moment, given how <laughs> things are. Yeah, indeed. Unfortunately, also. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself from a corporate perspective and a little bit about your company. Sure. Well, my name is Chris Malpass, and I'm a director for a company called Helpful Digital. And what we do is work with um, a range of clients from both the, the private and public sector to help them build their digital communications capability. So that ranges from uh, everything from helping them develop develop overarching strategy to to give some direction to to what they're trying to achieve through to in-person training sessions and online training sessions um, to test their their crisis and emergency management response to some kind of escalating issue. Um, And the way in which we do that is via a series of uh, different platforms, software platforms that we've uh, designed. One is called the Social Simulator, which allows companies to rehearse their crisis communications response to some kind of escalating scenario. Another is called Crisis 90, which is more of a desktop style uh, simulation platform. And we also have a remote learning uh, digital platform called the Digital Action Plan. Uh, which we use to work cohorts of clients through um, almost a curriculum of digital skills capability building. Yeah, that's fantastic. And having seen it in person, very powerful training tool um, and very, very effective in creating a useful stress uh, in, in, in certain training situations. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's that's exactly what we try and do is give clients a safe, secure online space where they can essentially, uh, rather than just talking through a scenario, they can rehearse their response. So it's very much about them completing actions under time pressure uh, to, to help flag and shine a light on any gaps or vulnerabilities in their processes and capabilities. Fantastic. So, you know, under the pandemic scenario we find ourselves living and working in today, you know, how's your company sustaining operations and what kind of business continuity strategies have you invoked, meaning work from home, shifting capacity to other offices, things of that nature? Well, we've asked all of our employees to work from home for the foreseeable future. Um, I suppose, well, if there is a lucky uh, thing to be taken at the moment, um, we've always encouraged our employees to work from home uh, anywhere up to two days per week as standard. So relative to some other uh, perhaps more traditional companies, uh, we were pretty well set up to adapt quite quickly uh, to everybody working fully remotely from home in terms of the tools and processes we're, we're pretty used to using anyway. Um, added to that, 
I started our America's business back in 2017. So again, we were quite well set up with things like video conferencing. We have Slack for internal comms and, and liaising sort of day to day as well. So it could have been worse, I think, in terms of making that transition from people being in the office to, to being um, socially distant. Right. You were advantaged because you you were already more than halfway there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, 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 you know, I think uh, the whole social distancing thing gives rise to some fresh challenges even then. Uh, but in terms of having yeah, the software and the, the processes and things in place, then I'd, I'd say we were probably qu quite far ahead of some others in terms of um, making that transition. Fantastic. Chris, what's next is possibly more important than what's now. With whom do you work and how do you determine what's next so you're not always responding to what's happening now? So the company director team, of which I'm a member, is meeting once weekly, and that's rather than our once monthly catch-ups. And um, as part of those regular meetings, we talk through various matters relating to the running of the business, staff welfare being uh, first and foremost on those sort of agenda items that we talk through. Uh, but also as part of those meetings, as well as our company-wide catch-up meetings, we're thinking through how we may need to evolve our service offer down the line to help meet client needs. And the way, uh, the main way in which we're doing that is by scenario planning, potential outcomes from the current situation, looking through the likely impacts on certain client sectors that we work with, and really trying to think through what that could mean for how that could change what they want from us down the line once we're through the worst of the medical emergency. And by doing that, hopefully, once the market starts to warm up again, uh, we'll be well-placed to cater to what our clients want and need. Great. During times like these, who are the best people to surround yourself with? And I'm talking from not only just a technical perspective, but also personality-wise, kind of like leadership, business chemistry, how the team gets along, who you get, who you get uh, insights from and or someone that motivates you in these times. Uh, I'd say it's the same as it usually is. And we've always tried to recruit very nice, friendly and positive people, people that we get along with on a personal level, not just, you know, uh, somebody that's professionally competent. Um, and I think positivity is especially uh, important now, given just how extreme the current situation is. In terms of leadership, then I think the key thing, uh, for the moment at least, is for leaders to remain as composed and as objective as possible. It's obviously uncharted territory for everyone, so leaders, I think, have a particular role to play in helping to set the tone in remaining as calm and composed as possible, and of course, in stepping up and looking after their employees. Yep. What changes have you had to make to human resources or corporate policies to care for your staff as the pandemic stretches out? So given the particular and unique challenges of social distancing, and I, I suppose, you know, the main one being social isolation in, mm -hmm. in certain instances, then we're trying to encourage our employees to get as much exercise as they possibly can. Um, we're trying to have as many... Um, catch-ups via video conferencing so that people feel engaged and connected and some of those are 
you know, talking through projects and, and work planning and that kind of thing. But a lot of those are taking on a more informal, non-work focused uh, slant. So we've had um, some of our staff arranging film evenings where they're, they're getting together online to watch films together and that kind of thing, just to keep some of the more extreme components of social distancing in check. Um, and throughout the whole thing, uh, for us as a leadership team, the welfare of our staff is obviously our top priority. So we're also encouraging them to work as flexibly as they need to, rather than um, work into a, a standard nine to five routine. I think we'd rather that they work in short, sharp bursts and allow plenty of time for getting exercise, taking breaks, catching up with family and loved ones, uh, however they can. Um, we've also uh, updated our sickness policy uh, so that should any of our staff or a, a loved one fall ill, then you know they, they can be uh, assured that we'll be as generous and as flexible as we possibly can be to support them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Those are some really good ideas and, and good things to share with the listeners. So you covered uh, caring for staff and employees and a little bit about caring for yourself. Any, any particular new routines you've seen working uh, for you? Well, for me, and as I suppose it is for a lot of people, the biggest challenge, given all the bad news that you're consuming on a daily basis, if you're keeping tabs on what's going on, uh, for me, the biggest challenge at the moment is maintaining some level of good mental health. Um, so as such, I'm trying to fit in uh, as much exercise as I feasibly can whilst remaining in lockdown. Luckily, I have access to my roof. So I, I go up there a, a fair few times each day uh, to do some exercise, even if it's just to stroll around and get some fresh air just to get away from the computer screen for a while. Um, and I also try to balance the need to, to get work done with taking regular breaks. So like we're advising our staff to do, try to focus um, on something else for even if it's just a few minutes each hour whether that be you know for me I like playing the guitar or you know a little bit of reading something that's non-work related just to help break things up a bit um, and, and I think just help adapt to the uh, the constraints of constant home working um, as best as I can I'm also as we get deeper into the situation, trying to moderate uh, the portion of my time I spend on the phone, you know, uh, scanning and patrolling social media, looking for updates on what's going on. I'm, I'm finding it a lot more useful if I if I moderate my intake of social and traditional media um, and try and stay as present uh, as I possibly can. Yeah, no, that's good advice. I think at the beginning, uh, I'm sure like you and myself and uh, a lot of our listeners, it's kind of like a moth to a flame. You're just drawn to the news. You want to hear what's going on every moment. You want to see what updates are happening across the country as well as in your own state. Uh, but I, too, have found that I need to separate and push that aside a little bit, still still staying up to date and up to pace with what's going on, but, but just not as much throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely that. And then I, I typically draw a, a hard line that once I finish work, you know, about sort of five or six or seven, if I'm working a bit later, then I'll, beyond that point, I'll try and just uh, put the phone to one side and, uh, you know, maybe play some Scrabble with my wife or focus on uh, analog forms of entertainment instead. <laughs> looking at the dot-com crash, looking at 2008, let's say your best possible revenue strategies reside in organic growth. What are you guys doing to best take care of your client base, your customers? 
Well, yeah, it, it, I suppose it's, it, it, it varies across the different parts of our service offer, to be honest. So our digital strategy work um, has never been particularly reliant on in-person training or events. So we're continuing to deliver that near enough as we normally would, albeit with a few sort of tweaks to, to how we might catch up uh, with clients and manage those projects. Uh, for our training exercises and workshops, where traditionally, obviously, there would have been uh, an onus on being in person to, to meet with people and to, to coach them. Um, then what we're doing is really working to make sure that our remote delivery offer is as strong as possible. So for clients um, that you know aren't completely consumed with managing the fallout to, to COVID-19, uh, that, that do still want to run training sessions, we're using things like video conferencing, uh, Zoom or Google Hangouts, uh, and a combination of those things to, to mean that we can deliver our training and our services as effectively online and remotely as if we were to deliver them in person and um, what we've also found is that we sort of had to tweak the format slightly because when people are um, receiving information remotely i think uh, that they have a far less bandwidth than they might do in a, in a classroom type environment so whereas we may typically have run a workshop or training for you know a four hour half day session and we're either cutting that right down just to a couple of hours or making sure that we build in plenty of breaks um, and tweaking the, the way in which we're delivering for our clients so that it's uh, short, sharp um, phases of uh, action um, broken up with plenty of, of time for breaks and then getting away from the screen. So hopefully, uh, yeah, as I said, the, the, the digital strategy work is, is going on as was near enough for our classroom style um, training. Then we are having to uh, tweak our our format and the way in which we're delivering that. But so far, so good. We, we very recently, uh, last week, did um, a crisis exercise for 110 MBA students um, from a university working in 22 separate crisis management teams. And through a combination of them working on our simulation platform to complete actions uh, and then meeting using Google Hangouts, we were able to deliver that much as a modern crisis management team would likely have to deliver the first hour or two of any crisis response anyway, given you know how people work remotely or that uh, crises can strike at any time of the day or night. So you know a, a lot of teams are quite used to, to managing at least part of a crisis response remotely. So we're just um, we're just building on that really and and getting them to 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 work constantly um, at a distance. Right now, that last part's impressive with the the volume of teams that you had to deal with and coordinate with. Uh, but but very realistic in these times. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And um, yeah, I, I think um, what we're seeing is that a, a lot of our clients are quite accustomed to you know working in that way anyway. Given modern travel routines, modern home working, um, which is quite standard for a lot of uh, clients that we work with anyway, then people are quite used to to not physically being in the, in the same war room. You know that classic sort of crisis response room and, and setup. Uh, they are more accustomed nowadays to to mobilising and and activating remotely and and managing that initial one or two hours of response remotely as it is. So we're just building on that really, um, and and delivering whole sessions that way. 
Right. So those last comments really talked about uh, the customer base. But, you know, if you look at growth, you're a for-profit business as we are. Um, pitching new business is almost basically unacceptable or just not being responded to at this time is what uh, we are finding across kind of our colleague group. What are ways you can approach growing the business that are tolerated and, and are being accepted these days? Yeah, I think uh, everybody in the service sector or in, in the agency and consulting sector is probably finding an element of that, to be honest. Um, my feeling is, and, and from what I'm seeing online and, and in talking to contacts of mine, is that now really isn't the time for the big sell. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't be uh, solidifying and broadening uh, your relationships. Um, what we do... Um, tends to lend itself very well to remote delivery. So we're making sure that our partners and clients know that. Um, and if they've been forced to postpone a tabletop exercise or training workshop, then they can turn to us for a solution in helping them do that remotely if they want to. Um, but what we're also doing is just, uh, making clients aware that we're available just as a sounding board. So if any of them want to discuss their digital comms strategy in response to COVID-19, you know, then we're here not as you know, fee earners necessarily, but just um, to, to give them some uh, practical advice and, and some tips on, on what they should be trying to do and what they should be trying to achieve. So yeah, I, I think now, just because we're, we're still very much in that initial shock phase, I, I really don't think um, clients take kindly to trying to be sold at. Um, but what you can be doing is just helping them you know, human to human and uh, a nice byproduct of that, I think, is in um, shoring up those relationships so that down the line, as and when things do warm up a little bit more, um, they'll, you know, they'll they'll turn to you first for paid for work. Great. If you look back at recent history across these types of crises, what type of corporate personality or behaviors are remembered and who are the companies and what did they do that no one else thought of doing? And I'll give you an example. You know, I was pretty impressed a couple of days ago. I was reading online uh, that the CEO of Visa basically stated for his 20,000 employees, there will be no layoffs in, in relation to the coronavirus. Yeah, I, I had that noted down as, uh, as uh, an example. I think in extraordinary and extraordinarily uncertain times, then people... Uh, staff, customers want to see companies stepping up to the plate to help offset some of that uncertainty where possible, rather than being seen to contribute to it or uh, to try and capitalize on it. Uh, that may mean going above and beyond to ensure that your employees and their families are being looked after, such as Visa. I think uh, JP Morgan uh, have done a similar thing in guaranteeing that they wouldn't be making one person redundant as a result of the pandemic. Um, others have very much been delivering on their purpose to help with efforts to combat COVID-19. So companies such as Dyson and Tesla have moved very quickly and pivoted to adapt their operations so that they're working in support of the fight against um, the virus by making ventilators. So yeah, I, I think given just how uncertain and unpredictable things are at the moment, companies are getting a lot of credit for being seen to be working in support of the, the greater good rather than um, uh, turning on their employees or being seen to attempting to capitalize on, on what is just a, a very uh, widespread negative crisis for everybody. If the situation goes worst case, what do you wish your company would have done? 
Well, I think so, some of the I'm, – I'm not sure that we would have changed a great deal. I think some of the key things that have stood out for me and some of the kind of lessons learned so far, at least, and obviously it's a, it's an ever-changing uh, scenario, but what, what some of the key things that have stood out for me uh, would be uh, that – um, people first is really the best strategy for, for all uh, businesses to be uh, working to. Uh, so the welfare of staff, clients and suppliers needs to be front and centre. You have to believe that the, the, the worst of this will subside at, at some point in the coming weeks and months. And, and once we're through the worst of the, the situation, then I think the road back to a more positive financial and commercial footing will be a lot easier if you've gone above and beyond for, for the people that matter most to you. Uh, I think another key lesson has been uh, don't panic, really. Uh, it's easier said than done, and I think than that, uh, everybody would admit to there being uh, an element of a natural instinct to panic slightly when you're seeing you know projects being postponed or falling out of your pipeline document altogether i think what's really important uh, for the leaders of the company but the company as a whole is to really just take a breath uh, and think through how you should respond to the situation what we've tried to do um, is is think through how we can make best use of uh, of the time we have now, the situation uh, as it stands to improve our business. Uh, every crisis offers up some opportunities. So I think the firms that will deal with this situation best will be the ones that take the time to really think through what those opportunities are and to, to give some real clear thought to how they should be making the most of them rather than just being prompted into a panicked knee-jerk response uh, to the current situation. I think it pays to just take a step back, think a little bit longer term, uh, and plan your approach accordingly. And last takeaway for our listeners, what sources, social, traditional media, personal networks, etc., are providing the most useful updates that help inform your company's strategy for the pandemic at this point? So that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I think this has been a, a, a misinformation pandemic as much as a medical one uh, in terms of the, the amount of fake news and, and misinformation that's doing the rounds on traditional and social media. So we're really basing our judgments on um, as credible sources as we're able to find, whether that be uh, government agencies um, that are issuing updates around you know, how they see the situation evolving over the coming weeks and months. I personally have been have been monitoring uh, what's going on with the New York state and, and city government in terms of the updates they've been uh, putting out, as well as obviously federal updates. Um, we've also been following as credible sort of news outlets and, and journalists as possible. Um, I, I've been seeing you know a lot of what you see, especially here in the states, in terms of some of the traditional uh, media coverage, can be quite uh, politically charged, shall we say? So I've been trying to. Uh, follow more neutral media outlets, so organisations like the BBC in the UK and CBC in Canada, for example. And then experts are obviously um, a very uh, important source of information, so bodies like the CDC, World Health Organisation as well. 
Fantastic. Well, Chris, I just wanted to thank you for taking some time out of your day, sharing some insights with us uh, as far as uh, colleagues and other resilience practitioners go. So again, you know, thank you for your candidness and insights and time today. Really enjoyed talking with you. It's a pleasure, Devin. All the best and take care of yourself. Yep. Thanks, Chris. Thanks again for listening to Pandemic Buzz. Please like and share this podcast with your colleagues and be sure to catch our next episode.